good it's been uh it's been a weird start to the year and it's been a weird week on top of a weird week last week but this week for me was only it was more weird personally just because I've been dealing with a lot of um car drama and Mm. I feel like this is my new um it's like my new thing car drama it's just I didn't I never thought I would be a person who had frequent ongoing car issues I thought that only happened to people who were like really really dismissive with their cars but no i'm one of them it's me man i can't i i i can't say i relate i've been carless here in austin for over three years which is crazy to say to live in austin texas and not have a car but um i'm one of the few and i yeah and i and it's it's worked for me but i uh I do hope that your your car troubles don't make it too far into 2021. Me too. Me too. Well, and I was talking to my friend the other day and I was telling her about it and I said, you know, this, I don't know if this is a, a really fixable problem or if my car is, you know, a ticking time bomb. And she said, what year is your car? I said, it's a 99. She said, it's a ticking time bomb. It's a, <laughs> it's a 22 year old car. What do you I think is going to happen? I was literally going to ask you what year your car was. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not new. Uh, but yeah, well, the, you know, in Austin, I probably preaching to the choir here, but there's, I never found it to be, you know, I lived there for like 16 years. I, it was not a walkable city in a lot of ways. Like mm-hmm. anytime I would go for a run, for instance, I would never go for a run out my front door and there was no sidewalks on my street. There was just no sidewalks. And, uh, I would, you know, I'd get in the car and I would drive to town Lake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you find yourself walking quite a bit? Or- yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I live close to downtown. I mean, I'm, I'm like literally half a mile away from the Whole Foods headquarters. Um, so yeah, we, we, I mean, my fiance and I, we, we pretty much walk. Like I, I would say we get into an Uber or Lyft maybe once a week mm-hmm. round trip. Um, and then usually about two or three days a month, we'll rent a car. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll use like, you know, I don't know, Turo or something, rent a car, run some errands. But other than that, the other, you know, 20 something days of the month, we are walking, whether that's to go to a, like a, a meeting somewhere or that's to get like, you know, ice cream down the street. Um, we get we get a lot of stuff delivered. We get our groceries delivered. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 nice to walk around. And especially since we're at home working all day, she's here painting mm-hmm. or making music. It's kind of nice, not only just as a mode of transportation, but also just to break up the day. Just yeah, um, have a reason to get outside. Remember yeah. that outside exists. All of that. exactly. Yeah, uh, I feel I see I see an electric bike in your future. I see an electric mm. bike in everybody's future. Uh, mm. But I think that I, I mean, like, let's get on this for you. How do you feel about that? Uh, you know, okay. So here's here I I I see the value in them, but here's my thing. I think either transportation is either either you you need less time. So you're trying to get there as fast as possible mm-hmm. or, or you're leisurely. Yeah. And if you're leisurely, then it's, to me, it's a factor of distance. If it's less than a mile and a half, then I, I want to walk. I am, re- I've decided we, we spent all of January of 2019 in Madrid and we, we you know, normally if, if not for COVID, we would have spent at least four or six weeks in, in Spain this past summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, so when we came back from that, I was like, I'm going to 
try to keep European walking distances. So in, in Europe, walking a couple of kilometers is no problem. You just sure. you would do it. Um, and so when I came back to Austin, I was like, I'm going to keep doing that. And so I'm very comfortable walking a mile or a mile and a half somewhere, no problem. Whereas I know most Austinites would not agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that last mile issue where people would have scooters or electric bikes, like I don't really need that. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going further than that, then I want to get there. And so I'm, I'm just going to get in an Uber or Lyft. In a car, like, yeah. I, yeah. So I, I don't know. I think I'm in that, I'm in that sweet space where I'm either doing something leisurely and like, um, you know, I, I don't care about time. Like I'll leave 30 minutes early if I need to, to get to walk there right. or mm-hmm. it's last minute. And I'm like, you know, waiting for the Uber to get here urgently so I can get there on time because I'm running late. You, yeah. You need a spaceship at that point. Yeah. The time machine. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, the thing that you're overlooking is that it's just, there's no two ways about it. They're fun to ride. E-bikes are just, it's, it's just true. fun. It is and it, true. it doesn't feel fun in a way that feels um, you know, I'm pretty risk averse physically. It doesn't feel dangerous. It doesn't feel like, you know, being on a moped and then just it being a matter of time before did, you, you know, break yeah. it on. Did you, did you, I don't know if you remember that I used to, I had a, a moped a few years ago. I got hit twice in three months of owning oh it. Literally I hit twice. I mean, it's, I, I'm so glad that I'm so done with that thing because I got hit two blocks from my house. This guy ran a stop sign and not only did he run the stop sign and hit me, and thankfully I was okay, and he, but he stopped and like, you know, exchanged inf- insurance information, all that, but he lied to his insurance company and and it wasn't, we ended up having to retroactively get like a police report, all this stuff, because it was like, this guy was trying to lie and say that he didn't run a stop sign. So that happened once. And the other time the guy hit me and then he literally tried to uh, like get away but he had already turned into a parking garage. So he was really easy to track down. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> and literally the valet, the valet check guy at uh, this hotel downtown, the Omni hotel downtown, mm-hmm. he ran after the guy and we ended up getting the guy's information and stuff. And the guy ended up paying me because he was, he was driving a company vehicle. And I'm not a litigious person. I wasn't like, I'm going to sue you and all this stuff. But I was just like, Hey, like, like, do you realize like what you did is wrong? Like you can't hit someone and then try to, get away. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, and I mean, litigious or not, that's a, I mean, that's a felony. Yeah. (laughs) I know. Not okay. Yeah. He tried to, by by the time we caught up to him, he was like, Oh no, I was, I'm sorry. I was just, I, I I didn't want to park in the garage and block people. So I get, and it's like, wait, so you went to the fourth floor because you you, that was the first place you could park. (laughs) Also, Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm also preoccupied by the fact that he was going to the Omni, which I'm going to like armchair analyze to mean this guy is one of those people who's he's very wealthy. He probably pays like $300 a year in taxes and he doesn't see a problem with that. He doesn't see a problem with with running a man down on the street because it's just it's inconvenient to him. And oh, man. Oh, man. This is uh, I'll just say uh, we um, local has no partnership with n- neither uh, a uh, an e-bike company nope. nor obviously the Omni. <laughs> no, nope, but I would take one of those partnerships just for the record. Like if anybody's I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll take one of your e-bikes and then rep it. That's fine. But as of this recording. Yeah, we are not financially supported by any kind of organization like that. <laughs> and I guess we should also say, unless it's, you know, already abundantly clear that we're just kind of spitballing here today. Yeah, we're just, um, mm-hmm. I think we had sort of initially planned to talk mm-hmm. when we were 
when Originally. when we were on the cusp of the Georgia elections and we yes. really wanted to see mm -hmm. how that all went. And then yeah. obviously things have changed so many times since last Tuesday that um, that you, I mean, it's almost like do, you don't need to hear you don't need to hear what I think about well, it. You know, here, here, here's about. what's crazy: we're only 15 days into 2021, and we've literally already had a monumental election result, a a generationally, if not longer, crazy political event happen at the Capitol, the attack on the Capitol. Um, you know, I, I should even say it's a political event. It was a terrorist attack. Mm -hmm. I mean, basically, that was a domestic terrorist attack on the Capitol. And and then now, I mean, thankfully, now I, I just saw um, that Biden put out his COVID release plan, relief plan. Mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and that's that's finally going to get the, the stimulus funding up to $2,000. So adding the 1400 to the 600 that was already approved. Um, so hopefully that'll get through. Um, so it's it's yeah, we're definitely in this time where it seems like every week feels material, like even like the fact that like inauguration is a week away and, you know, all this stuff. It's like, man, when are we going to get to a point where we just have like a calm, normal week in this year? And honestly, I think until the word comes out that the vaccine rollout is going smoothly, I don't know if we're going to have a week like that for some time, hopefully, hopefully sometime in you know, February or March, but considering that I'll still be within the first hundred days of the Biden administration, I think we're still going to be inundated with, with various federal national news type stories. Yeah. I don't think if I had to put money on when we'll have just like a normal week where nothing that where your phone doesn't vibrate and you have this <laughs> moment of like thrill terror to go and look at what, you know, the, mm -hmm. the New York times is reporting or whatever. Uh, I don't think it'll be until summer. I think summer earliest. I yeah. And, and it's, and what's, what's interesting about saying that is, you know, obviously we're, um, if you're a subscriber, you know that we sent out a subscriber survey um, very much like we, we did a sur survey of our subscribers back around Labor Day of mm -hmm. 2020 to just hear about if they were traveling, how they felt about traveling. We, we, we have one out right now so for our subscribers to help us just get a good, good sense of like when they feel comfortable traveling, if they're booking flights and things like that. And um, just I was looking at some of the data today from people who've already done it, and it seems like what you just said about where we are as a country and like the summer maybe being that time, it seems mm -hmm. like it's dovetailing directly with how people feel about travel too. And so mm -hmm. in, in a way, I feel like, you know, maybe this is because I'm in the travel industry, so I want to say this, but I, I truly believe that the national sentiment and the travel industry are in parallels right now in the sense of, you know, Airbnb's IPO, you could, you know, you could almost associate that with something like Democrats taking over the presidency and now Congress and mm -hmm. the Senate rather, you know, with that was kind of a good thing that happened in the travel industry that Airbnb was able to rebound and go public and go on same similar to Biden winning that type of thing. But we st we're still not out of the doghouse, right? Neither as a travel industry nor as a country. And I feel like the summer is the first time that we all can say, okay, maybe it'll start looking like, I don't want to use the word normal. I will say looking like, something that feels pleasant and not uh, fear inducing. Uh -huh. um, so I'm, I'm really interested because like for me, what I what I was no noticing and when I was looking at the surveys results was uh, that people seemed the same amount of people who were willing to take a flight, let's say seven months ago, six months ago, mm -hmm. 
they're just as willing to take a flight now, but the majority, the vast majority of people are not comfortable uh, wanting to take a flight. And what's the, the goalpost that seems to change though is six months ago, if you would have said, talk to a person who wasn't safe traveling, they would have said, um, well, once we get less cases and people are, there's a national mask mandate, then I'm willing to travel. Now I'm seeing people, it's almost like the goalposts have directly moved to the vaccine. Yep. So now they're like, nope, I'm not doing anything until I have the vaccine, until everyone else has it. So we, we, it's almost like the tale of two things where we have a group of people who are still as comfortable as they were before. And then we have another group of people who are just like, now everything is attached to where the vaccine ends up. I think you're right. And I think that probably if even if we had if we had ever really like really drilled down on people's um opinions of that six months ago eight eight months ago whenever you want to you know look flip the mm -hmm. calendar back to and and explain more about like well you know cases being down does not change the trajectory of this virus and, and really kind of forced people to look at the the circumstances a little more that they would mm -hmm. probably come to the same conclusion like well it's not this can't change until there's a vaccine that's that's readily available um and i think that it it surprises me a lot to look back on the things throughout these past 10 months that um that are so obvious now that we couldn't see at all for mm -hmm. so long um and I think part of it is because humans are kind of designed to like a way that we get used to things and the way that we get through things is we look at it incrementally and you don't mm -hmm. think about, you can't think about, you know, it's like if you're, if your plane is delayed and they tell you it'll just be about 30 minutes, then you're like, okay, that's fine. I can mm -hmm. wait 30 minutes. If they tell you it's going to be three hours, you get mad. But if they, if it's still three hours, because every 30 minutes, you think you have 30 minutes left, mm -hmm. it keeps people calmer. It keeps people like much more just um, content to, to wait. And I think that maybe with the pandemic, the thing has been that we, couldn't fathom the idea of like it taking this long, but mm -hmm. and it was just a, it was a coping mechanism that we all universally employed. Even though Fauci and all the other epidemiologists were, have been saying since the yeah. beginning that, Hey, we're looking at maybe the summer or fall of 2021, if not 2022. And we were like, Oh, no way. It'll be before that. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. And the it's, it's all the things that we did in earnest, well, in one part, they're a little bit laughable, but only from a cynical perspective. And I think that it was really just humanity trying to prevail it, it, but via like creating GoFundMe pages for restaurants and whatever. And it's like, <laughs> even if the rest, you know, if you get $20,000 donated to a restaurant, that's still a hill of beans in mm -hmm. the span of a year or whatever mm -hmm. it may be. Um, but I think, yeah, I think we just, uh, I don't think we could have taken it all at once. I remember seeing an article when the pandemic first started in, in Vox that was like, hey, FYI, this could easily be 18 months or longer. And I just like recoiled and I, you know, was shaken up about it for like days and just kind of had to keep telling myself like, well, that was just one article. I hadn't seen that anywhere else. Like, well, but yeah, this is the way pandemics were. Well, and it's, it's, I mean, you, I'm sure you remember in February when I, we had a team call and you, you and Larry were like, well, do you, uh, 
do you, do you really think that this is going to be this thing? And this is like maybe like two weeks before, like nationally, it, it kind of like the story became, oh, this is going to be a thing. And I was like, well, I don't know. Everything that I'm reading, it kind of looks like it's going to be a thing. And now you look back and you're like, of course, it was always going to be a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that conversation very clearly um, because I think it was it it just it did feel like a, a, not a turning point, but uh, it would. You know, when I look back on the timeline of all of these things, that will definitely stick out in my mind. But because I, I said to you, I, I was like, you, are you seriously like being a prepper right now? <laughs> and you said, you were like, listen, I would rather spend a couple hundred dollars getting my house in order, making sure my pantry has tons of food in it. And, you know, that I have medications or whatever mm. it may be that you would need, um, in the off chance that we need it or in the likely chance that we need it, even if it, we don't need, you know, we, you know, we don't need to hoard toilet paper, but we could stand mm -hmm. to have some, some products in our home. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of, I mean, it made a lot of sense to me and I thought, okay, well maybe I should do a little bit of that too. But again, the idea of, you know, one $200 grocery run to the, being the thing that will tide you over indefinitely is just kind of wild to think about now. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's what's, what this kind of makes me realize too, is when I look back on the last 12 months or so, what I would say is if you, it, it became this exercise in knowing who to listen, listen to and who to get information from, because number one, COVID, if you were listening to the right people, then nothing has surprised you about what's happened because mm -hmm. everything was every they everyone said what exactly is happening in terms of the timing of the vaccine and how long it would possibly take to come out of this and all that stuff right if you knew who to listen to about the election people were saying predicting a biden win or a democratic win months and months before november mm -hmm. if not years and even pre predicting that the senate would flip so if you listen to the right people and looked at the right things months before, then you would have known that was going to happen as well. And then same thing with the, the attack on the Capitol. That wasn't new information. No. Even Trump and every so many people had had foretold that. And it seems like what needs to happen is we need to get back to this 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 place. Or maybe I, I shouldn't even say back to this place because I don't know if we ever were there. But we need to get to a place where we stop letting all the noise clutter our access to the right information. And so I know there's a big conversation about, you know, the, the potential ramifications of Twitter and Facebook having all this power to take away Trump and the First Amendment things mm -hmm. and whatnot. But to me, it's like, it's it's also about getting the noise out of the way so that we can get the right information. You know, like I was looking at a chart today and it showed that I think two weeks ago, Trump made up something like seven or eight of the top nine or 10 stories on Facebook for the, for that week, mm -hmm. where versus the, in the last week, half of the top stories were, were from non-Trump people. So, you know, Biden or even Arnold Schwarzenegger who had a, a good message earlier this week, you know, so you, you have now that parlor and Facebook and Twitter and all these things are kind of, there's less noise there, then there's more room for other information. And I think that that's really where we need to get to where, people are getting access to the right information and not having to fight through the clutter. And it, it, it kind of just reminds me of like what we're trying to do with local or it's like mm -hmm. there's, in, in travel, you know, there's a lot of noise in terms of like where to travel and reviews on the random websites and blogs. And, and our job really as local is to help our people cut through that clutter and just get the best information so that they're not having to 
wonder like what's going to happen. And it's like, no, we're, we're just telling it to you. Directly. Right. Yeah. Constantly checking various websites for like the trendiest new restaurant or whatever mm-hmm. in the place that you're visiting, mm-hmm. or you could come with this one very specific thing in your pocket that it has like a guaranteed success rate because it's mm-hmm. coming from, from locals you want to know and, and mm-hmm. just going that route. But yeah, I mean, I wish that the news would get a little less noisy so we could finally talk about army hammer. <laughs> oh man. I think that's a, uh, in uh, not safe for work content, but uh, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. But some, some, some of you, some, some of you who follow pop culture know that uh, army hammer is uh, he's the guy who played the Winklevoss twins in the social network movie. And uh, he's, he's a really good actor. Um, and you know, there is a lot of controversy around his uh, his bedroom pre- preferences and whatnot. And yeah, you know what? I, I would actually argue that if that's the kind of noise that we're going to get in the post-Trump era, then I'm all for that noise because, <laughs> you know, because that's not the kind of noise that's going to make you feel like you're getting an, a political Amber Alert on your phone every week. Yeah, which, yes, I agree. I, you know, but the thing is that I like about this time is, which I, you know, kind of loathe to even use words like like because the situation is so dire on so many levels, politically, you know, mental health wise, physical health wise, what have you, you know, we're in these unprecedented times that are taking like major tolls on people's lives. And Mm -hmm. so what business do I have, you know, pointing out the things that aren't so bad about it. But I do, in this political moment, I really do love how engaged most people are, or a lot of people are, or, you know, it's not necessarily that they are versioning politicos or deciding to, like yourself, run for public mm-hmm. office, but mm-hmm. that they want to have the conversation and it matters to them on a level that is so much more than just thinking that, like, you know, Washington will take care of Washington and I can just, you know, do whatever I feel like. I can just, yeah, uh, scroll TikTok ad nauseum. And instead, people are really forming political opinions, having political analyses that are really thought provoking that I think mm-hmm. make us all better citizens. I think they make us better critical thinkers. Uh, and I think they make us like really just be active participants in our democracy. And that will, that unfortunately will be as soon as this all stops. I mean, people will snap back to, you know, talking about cannibalism <laughs> Um <laughs> you know, immediately almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's likely, I mean, I don't know if the majority of people, particularly in this country have the stamina to stay in a mode of engaging in political discourse. Um, But I, I do think that there are some signs that even when we, we get out of this heavily kind of Trump, uh, ingratiated era. Um, I do think that there is, are signs that things have fundamentally changed. Like mm-hmm. a perfect example, this, I don't know if you saw earlier this week, AOC went on Instagram live and talked mm-hmm. about her experience at the Capitol and all that. And she had like something like 110,000 people on Instagram live at 11 PM. You know, like this is unprecedented for a politician to go on a live moment on social media and, and talk. Right. And, and, I, I was talking to friends. I was like, man, that is going to become 
a standard expectation at some point of our political figures that it's not about these canned speeches and these, you know, planning everything, having the right mix of people behind, standing behind you with the American flag. And it's going to be, can you be as responsive to the, to what's happening as, as the people want you to be? And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a mix that's going to be lead to a mixed bag initially, I think of results. But if we can get our truth compass back to where it needs to be, I think that that's going to be really exciting that at any moment we may be in the middle of looking at memes and the next thing you know, like someone that we voted for goes on live mm-hmm. and they're talking about actual issues And the call to action isn't about like donate here or do this, but it's just like, oh no, the call to action is just to get informed and I'm going to, I'm going to coming onto your platform directly to talk about it. So it's, it's really interesting because we we're, we're kind of moving out of this era of like control and mm-hmm. moving into like, you know, and now there's, there's unsafe things about that. Like, you know, we need control over our political systems and voting and things like that so that we can, you know, have fair elections and stuff. But at the same time, it's like, man, I'm, I'm excited for this, this moment um, where it's less about how good you can look, look when you control every variable and more about, do you have the ability to show empathy and thoughtfulness and all this stuff like on the fly, whether you're a CEO or a congressperson? So it's yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for for what this looks like post, you know, this chaos of the last four years. Yeah, that's a really that's a really great way of thinking about it all. And I, I hope you're right. And I hope it I think I mean, I, I think we have every reason to believe that you're right. I also I don't know how the eventual, hopefully eventual reunification of the country is going to accumulate. Like I don't, I'm, that's the one thing that I'm very curious about is, you know, if we are, we're taking part more of a part in our democracy and really, you know, asking more of our politicians to really engage with us and to inform us. And, um, you know, it's a much more interactive process. Um, You know, it's still, it's, I don't want to, I don't know if it's half of the country. I don't really know. I mean, it was 60% of the country. How many people are, are thinking that? And then there is obviously a sizable portion that are thinking something else. And Mm -hmm. for this to really be, um, you know, a, a fortuitous or like a, a, you know, advantageous way forward, you know, if there's good things that are going to come from this time and from what we are learning about our country and our government and uh, ourselves and human nature, uh, there is this component. Like we, well, we are going to have to, these paths are going to have to merge again. They Mm -hmm. cannot keep going apart. You know what? And I think that's where, you know, in some small manner, that's where we come in. That's where that's, you know, when, when I think about what we do and I think about the power of something like travel, I, I think most the majority of people not having access to the ability to travel over the last year and likely for the next at least probably six more months. Um, I think that it's making us sit in this longer. Mm-hmm. And when we get some semblance of freedom outside of the constraints of our homes and COVID and all that, I, I really think that 
what is going to happen is travel is going to be a part of the kind of reunification of the country because people are going to be eager to get back on, start traveling again, either for work or for fun. And, you know, already it looks like in the survey results that people are eager to do like family vacations and romantic getaways and things like that. And so I, I think, I think travel is going to symbolize for, for a lot of people, the ability to get a, remove themselves not from the conversation, but I think remove themselves from this era that I honestly don't care if you agreed with Trump or not. You, there's no way that you don't associate, you're not going to associate some of this time with uh, noise and chaos. Mm -hmm. And so, now some people welcome the noise and chaos, but that's exactly what it was. And I think that travel in a lot of ways is going to feel almost like a, a, a peaceful exit from this terrible time that we've been in. Um, in, in terms of the discourse and whatnot. So I, when I think about people, especially people in the United States, being able to use their passports again and go to Europe or go to Asia, go to South America, watch the Olympics, you know, all these things that are more about what the world is doing and less about like being deeply rooted in what's going on in DC. I, I think that's going to be a part of that reunification process because people are going to be thinking less about it and reaping the benefits of feeling like we're out of it longer and out of the it that we're out of is not just COVID, but also that moment in time politically. Yeah, hopefully. I think that, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, you're probably right. I think a friendly reminder to all Americans, when you do travel internationally, be prepared to apologize on behalf of your country at the <laughs> drop of a hat, just as a requisite. This is an apology tour in part. You can still have fun. You can still see the Olympics, but just remember, I agree. It's like it's like it's like treat it's like treating twenty percent as the, the the absolute floor of what you can tip anyone in the service industry right now. It's like yes. The, yes. you know if you're as, uh, let me just say this: if you're one of those people who's using DoorDash or Uber Eats and you know or or you're going to a local restaurant and and you're the person that's tipping eight percent or ten percent or whatever I'm hearing from a lot of people in the service industry, like you really are doing a disservice, not only to yourself, but also to the whole economy. Because mm -hmm. literally, like, it's not enough to just say, oh, well, I paid for the food. No, it's that's not enough. It's you, you're you may be paying for the food. But are you are you also factoring in how many restrictions are in place to protect your food and make sure that you can still feel safe eating it? You need to make sure that if you're, you have an opportunity to tip and and, and show appreciation for the people in the service industry, make sure that you are doing that. That 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 every that should be like a national memo that goes out to the to, to the world that whether you are tipping the person who delivered your your Domino's pizza or you went to a nice restaurant that has outdoor seating, like twenty percent should be the baseline of what you're mm -hmm. thinking of. When back in the you know in, in yesteryear, I had this this phrase that I borrowed from a friend, but, you know, I was in the service industry for a while. She was too. And we were, we were, you know, filling out our respective receipts as we'd split the bill somewhere. And she's, she said, you gotta, you gotta add the bang dollar. And I said, well, what's that? She said, well, it's the, you put one more dollar on your bill. Let's say that the tip would have been, you know, $7, make it eight because to you, it's really not very much money at all. It's a dollar. And yeah, no. Cumulatively, over the course of a year, say it's not very much money, but to the person who's receiving it, of course, it's not going to make the, a difference for them financially, really, but it's going to make a difference for them emotionally. 
and is is really like it it does matter when you see a tip that is from a person who is clearly just taking an extra moment to just give the courtesy of actual gratitude um it goes a long way and the thing about all of this is if you are perhaps a person who has never done that kind of thing the bang dollar now should be like the bang yeah, add 20%, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it matters more now. But I think if you have, you know, been not not reticent of that, not um, not really aware of the the things that we're talking about right now, right now and have maybe found yourself, I don't want to say on the wrong side of these things, but um, haven't been practicing what we're preaching it's not too late. You know, everybody has the chance to just make a good decision today mm-hmm. and then make another good decision tomorrow. And you can't change the past, but, um, but you can make a brighter future. Yeah. I, I know that sounds a little trite, but <laughs> I mean, no, it. It, it's, it's true. It's like, it's, it's like we, we can, we can decide, you know, how quickly we get out of this fax out of this, this pandemic, we can decide, what our country wants to be known for. We can decide who represents us. All these things are actually in our hands. Um, and I, I like that as a message, regardless of how trite or whatever it sounds. I think that it's, I, I think that people really, the the reunification or the healing that I keep hearing people want uh, so desperately, that all starts with us. Mm-hmm. And and if, if you think that someone else is supposed to be doing the healing, then you're proud of part of the problem. Like we all need to be figuring out ways to, you know, whether that's appropriately tipping someone in the service industry or wearing a mask or whatever, there's, we have a lot of things that we can be doing for ourselves um, to, to make this thing better and get out of this quicker. And, and for, you know, for me, I desperately want to use my passport again. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I mean, this is 2020 was the least amount of travel for me since 2008, I went back and counted the days and it's the first year since 2008 that I traveled less than 50 days. And I, you know, for me, it's like, that's a, speaking, yeah. speaking about earlier about walking, walking in a lot of ways has replaced my flight time. Like I used to get so much good introspective thought going on planes and just time to, to think and write and ruminate on things. And I've had to replace that with walking, which is great. Um, certainly healthier, but, but I just, I can't wait to get, back to my routine of seeing the world. Well, when you can finally go out there, shameless plug here, just to let you know, if you're listening, we're adding a number more international destinations to uh, our base of 190 cities around the world where you can find a a local or who can help you have a a better, more authentic trip um, wherever it is you go. And so places like Istanbul and Cairo and Dubai are being added to uh, our repertoire as we speak. And there's more where that came from. And if there's ever a place that you want to see that isn't on there, um, you know, let us know because it's, it's probably uh, top of mind for us too. Um, And we just, we like to hear from our community and make you feel as involved as possible. And, Joe, I'm just sorry that you 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 have all this time to think when you're walking, but you don't have time to sing in a car, and that <laughs> you can't sing that is, when you, you sing true. much less when you yeah. don't have a car. That's actually very true. Very true. I definitely miss the sing-alongs. I just want I want you to know that I I see you for that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I hope that you have an amazing weekend. 
and as well. um, yeah and, and maybe the, the not maybe the next time we do this we'll have a new president next time we do this we'll have a new president who knows what will have happened <laughs> between now and whenever we do this next but yeah i'll see you then cool 